We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now our test is jumped over the scores table. Our test is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, February 21st. And the Milwaukee Bucks reportedly have interest in J.R. Smith, James. Yeah, this is uh, kind of out of left field. As a Bucks observer slash supporter, I would frown upon this move, mm-hmm. and I I went to a very reliable source who's been uh, rooting for teams that J.R. Smith has been on in the playoffs for many years, and uh, you said that you never once really enjoyed having him on the team you were rooting for, so that was enough for me. No, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, JR has long been a darling of mine for a number of reasons. Um, and then when, when he's on the team that you are rooting for, it becomes a lot less fun. You know, it's right. all the things that he brings to the table. Like, I think he kind of reached his zenith in New York in like 2012. Yes, yes. That was kind of the birth of the guitar celebration thing. 
you know, that that was awesome. It was like everybody was like, Oh, I love J.R. Smith. Like what he a was treasure. Way, he was way ahead of his time when it right. came to like Instagram posts and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I mean he's the things that Gerald Green is doing now, right. which we'll get right. to, uh J.R. Smith was doing this back in like two thousand. Pioneer, really. Yeah, he yeah. didn't need IG Off Live. The court. Yeah. Mischief. Right. Exactly. And and he'll never lose that. You know, no matter what he does, no matter how many final series he loses, <laughs> he will always have that. But yeah, it's it's infinitely less fun when those things are happening, like I said, for the team that you're rooting for. So I'm not necessarily saying I'm rooting for the Bucks, but we're here in Wisconsin. It would be a very high risk, extremely high reward move. Um, because what if, you know, he finally after not playing for like sixty games in a row, you know, is right I'm sure he's in great shape. I'm sure he's been keeping himself in perfect condition. Yeah. I'm sure he's been I really good. struggle to see the upside. Yeah. Uh, um the, I mean we're the risk is obvious. I mean that that's that's easy to see, right? But the the payoff, I just don't really see it. So obviously we're joking about this, but this was a real report. Joe Varden of the Athletic had it this morning. He said, uh, quoting his article, "quote The Bucks have interest in Smith." Sources said, "Though Smith and the Cavs are not close on a buyout, there is very little incentive for Cleveland to buy him out, and at this stage in his life, NBA money is important to Smith." So Jr. is guaranteed. Um, well, his contract this year was fifteen point six million, so he'd have to be bought out of that. And he's guaranteed 3.8 next year. So only a partial guarantee. Um, Cleveland's probably going to move him this summer. But for cap reasons, um, there's, you know, like Varden said, there's just very little reason for that to happen. So with like 25 games remaining for the Cavaliers, there's a pretty good chance uh, that we've seen the end of J.R. Smith uh, in Cleveland, unfortunately. So I assume he'll be back on the court next year, though. <laughs> I I love the phrasing of the at this point in his life like nba money is important (laughs) like as in this is the last nba money he'll be seeing and he's going to get every last penny we're looking at (laughs) mid-level exceptions and veterans minimums the rest of the way um yeah in other news gerald green is he a hall of famer uh there was a report today i don't i think was it tmz or uh, bso had uh a report that gerald green is wrapped up in some real issues right now. The girl that uh, apparently both he and the rapper Tyga were flying out to Houston uh, just to hang out with, you know, maybe go out to dinner, something like that. Uh, went on Instagram Live and told everybody, and now Gerald Green's girlfriend found out. So how do you think this impacts the Rockets going forward? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> lots of ragging at practice, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> This is, the, this is a, about as low as you can sing yep. in terms of uh, respect from your peers. <laughs> We should note that this woman was previously uh, dating Martavis Bryant, who right. yeah. is, I think he's a free agent right now. He was then on the Raiders, I believe. Um, and last major news item before we do our All-NBA picks and before we talk a little Zion, talk a little playoffs, um, I got some bad news. I know you were thinking about maybe flying to Memphis to catch that Grizzlies-Clippers game tomorrow night, uh, but the, the Grizzlies have postponed Jaron Jackson's bobblehead night um his bobblehead was him it was supposed to be him posing um in the the quote-unquote shooter pose popularized by rapper Blockboy jb who okay. you may recognize from the uh look alive song uh, among other hits I, I feel like you would have to know it you see this about every <laughs> rapper and then i show you the song and you're like oh yeah i have heard that um but Blockboy jb is currently wanted on gun and drug charges so the grizzlies are, are going to pull those bobbleheads they're going to reconfigure them and they're going to hand them out uh, another night this season we got to get our hands on on one of those bobbleheads. One of the originals. I, I mean, could that? Could you imagine a more valuable bobblehead than? They, the well, see the thing is, they made ten thousand of them. Right. So what do you do at that point? Like, do you just throw them out? Do you melt them down and make more bobbleheads out of them? You send them to 
<laughs> underprivileged kids in, in, in Africa. They just lump it in with the the Cavaliers finals gear. Hope you like bobbleheads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we should reach out to the Grizzlies and yeah. offer something. Yeah. Five bucks, ten bucks. <laughs> There's no price I'm not willing to pay for one of these. Uh, okay, let's do All NBA. We were going to do this uh, on last week's podcast when when we talked All Star Game. Obviously, that's all wrapped up. We'll do a little bit of an All Star recap um, toward the end, but. You know, obviously that was what four or five days ago at this point. So a little bit of older news, but with between 24 and 26 games remaining for every team heading into tonight, um, we'll do all NBA picks. I I went back, did my due diligence, uh, which is a rarity and looked at our all NBA picks from our podcast back in September. Not all that different. um, I think at least for my picks, I haven't seen yours yet. Um, You know, as we're about two thirds of the way through the season. But just to recap, um, my first team All-NBA in September was Harden, Curry, LeBron, Giannis, Anthony Davis. Second team, Kyrie, Russ, Durant, Kawhi, Embiid. Third team, Lillard, Oladipo, Ben Simmons, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. Yes, and... Uh, That's correct. <laughs> that, is, that is what you had. Uh, <laughs> mine was... Uh, the exact same first team as yours, except Durant over LeBron. Egregious. <laughs> um, Boy, do you look dumb. <laughs> and then, yeah, I had Simmons. I I don't know. I had Simmons on the second team with Kawhi or with uh, Kawhi, Kyrie, LeBron, Embiid, and then Oladipo, Russ, PG, uh, Carlton Towns, and Gobert on the third team. A uh, couple of those. Don't know what what I was thinking at the time, but. I don't know. I mean, I don't think any of those are too crazy. Like we, I listened to the parts when we discussed Simmons, and I think you and I were both, as well as you know, a lot of other people were really, really high on him. You know, I think we talked about the possibility of him averaging a triple double. Yeah, I don't. I that one actually makes sense. Um, and he's still. I mean, he'll. He, I don't know why well I was trying to put Cat and Gobert yeah, that's your probably most egregious yeah. one. Yeah. But I mean, the point is that none of these are insane and you know i'm not saying like wow we made great picks back then it's like for the most part the season i think has played out um you know relatively closely to how we thought i mean i guess if you want to say like our big miss was that we had paul george on the third team um, but i don't think many people were saying that he was going to be a first team all nba guy back in september um and then Kawhi, you know we'll see where he ends up um obviously with him missing so many games i think that might be an issue and, and the same goes for lebron um uh, but we'll get to our updated picks now um i'll let you go first give me your first team so this one just took about zero seconds of thought okay. uh, i think it's Perfect. pretty obvious uh Jokic at center Giannis and paul george at the forward spots and harden and steph curry at the guard spots i agree i think the first four especially Jokic, Giannis, pg and harden are absolute locks you know, those guys could probably miss like five to 10 games down the stretch and still wouldn't really be in a ton of danger. Um, Curry's the only one you could maybe make a case against. And I, I have Curry on my first team as well. I have that same five. See, I, I think it'd be easier to make a case against Jokic than against. Okay, Steph. sure. I mean, Jokic. Would like, you just because I think there's better challengers at center. Like, I think there's just a gigantic gap between Curry and any of the guards I have on my second mm-hmm. team. Yeah, I mean, the argument against Curry is he's, he just missed a decent sure. chunk of time early on. I mean, like, Lillard last year it, was a first-teamer. Yeah, it kind of – it's it sort of matters, like, when you miss it just for when you're really talking does, about yeah. this. Like, if if Steph had been out for the last, like, three weeks and we were doing this today, 
maybe I, we don't put him on, but because he missed that time and he's been playing really well and everything yep. like that, and the, they're just on complete cruise control right now, it's kind of a lock, I think. Yep, I agree. Um, I think all those, I, I would agree with you as well, too, that I think there there will be people who vote Embiid over Jokic. I mean, is there any, like Gobert, even though he wasn't an all-star, I think he's going to he's gonna end up getting his love uh, on his all-NBA well, teams. Let's, let's get to the second team, because okay. I actually have Gobert on the second team. Okay, so you went Gobert at center. And Kevin Durant, uh, Kawhi Leonard as the two forwards, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard as the two guards. Okay. I have Embiid as my center. I have Gobert on the third team. Uh, KD, I think, is pretty much a lock second teamer. I he, I don't think he can really go up or down unless Paul George or, or Giannis like, miss the rest of the year. I also have Kawhi. Um, I mean, there's a chance maybe with Kawhi that if he if he continues to rest and misses like seven to ten more games um he could be passed up but i don't know who would really pass him up maybe i think lebron would have to close really really well you know if he if he really does go into this lebron mode or playoff mode that he claims he's going into right and he averages like 33 10 and 10 the rest of the way and the lakers get the seven seed you know maybe maybe he would jump Kawhi. um but katie Katie and Kawhi, I think, are pretty safe as of right now on the second team. Yeah, forward's just not that deep. No, it's not. Uh, that was the toughest spot I had to fill was third team forward. Right, and yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it really kind of trails off. I mean, there's a lot of good forwards. There's just not a lot of forwards where you're like, oh, he's a contender for all NBA. Mm. You know. So my second team, Embiid, Durant, Leonard, Damian Lillard, and I put Russell Westbrook over Kyrie. Oh wow! Did you know Russell Westbrook's averaging a triple double? Whoa! For the third straight year. Um, that's that's surprising. To Does me that, that change? You <laughs> went uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no. Whoa! Now that okay. Um, huh? I did not expect that. I thought to me, I think Kyrie's uh, the top guard for the my second team. I I okay. Um, huh? Why why do you say that? Well, I guess you kind of have to frame it as like, how are, are we saying what we think will happen or what we you know, well, want no, to happen? No, no, or no, what no, no. Our just vote would what, be. You, what your vote would be. This would, so yeah, that's how I did this. This would be my vote. Um, you know, I think you have to knock Kyrie a little bit for, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say like for the off-court stuff. Like, I don't care how much he does interviews or talks to the media. Like, right. that shouldn't affect all NBA. Um, but the Celtics, even though they're 16 games above 500 coming out of the break, have underachieved um i mean Kyrie himself like numbers wise has been fine but you know I, I think the only real knock on russ is the three-point shooting and other than that he's been really really good he's been you know even better over the last month the thunder are well, what about just all the shooting all the shooting like, free throws included yeah like ev- like i feel like the knock against russ is just shooting period I agree. I mean, there it, it is tough to make like a statistical case as we're hearing right now, like for why Russ like really a hundred percent deserves it. Like I'm not. I mean, it's certainly close. If like, I'm not really going, I don't have him on, on my third team. So okay, well. <laughs> like that's why I'm. I I need this. I need like, to hear I, this case. I, I need you to... can make the case that the numbers are empty. He's averaging twenty two, eleven, and eleven with two point two steals. He's leading the league in assists for the second year in a row. I, I know the percentages aren't good, um, but it really hasn't. In my opinion, like it hasn't like hampered the Thunder. Like, would you? Is there really a case that if you replace Westbrook with like an average point guard, that instead of being thirty-seven and twenty, they're like, you know, forty-five and twelve? I think, I think 12, if you I replaced know. Russ with the two two guards I have on my third team, they would be a better team. Yes. <sighs> I think if you replace Russ with Damian Lillard, sure. 
you don't think if you I, put Kyrie on that team, they would be this good? I don't know. It's tough. He's like a, he's almost unquantifiable. Like Kyrie's, his impact. Well, Kyrie's tough too to like evaluate. And I mean, there's no denying like his brilliance, but it's it's tough to sort of. Uh, get a very strong correlation between what he does and and winning like i mean it it's you know he played he got to play with lebron for so long and you know before he got to play with lebron his team's never won anything mm-hmm. uh now his team is kind of underachieving but i just don't like maybe i i think any argument that it's Kyrie's fault that they're underachieving is no. to do with just team chemistry because i don't think there's an argument that their best players the reason why no, they're no. underachieving but like, i also think their best player is what's causing some of the team chemistry issues yeah but i just don't i don't know how to quantify that in the in for all nba voting purposes mm-hmm. like it's just uh, you know i mean yeah if if what if jalen brown and jason tatum all year had been what people thought they were going to be this year like would they not be meeting expectations like i i don't i, I feel like without what Kyrie's done like mm-hmm. they would be and an even worse worse spot so yeah no it's close i you know if you want to swap westbrook with Kyrie or you know do the unthinkable and just keep westbrook off altogether i'm not i'm not going to fight you too hard on that uh Kyrie has missed 11 games by the way westbrook missed eight that was early on so like you said i think the timing on that is much better you almost forget like i i expected to see that russell played in every game totally forgot that he even missed time um but yeah we'll see i mean i i think i think those two uh russ and Kyrie, lillard um I mean, who, wait, so who do you have? If, if Russ is not on your third team, who are your third team guards? Uh, Drew Holiday and Ooh. Bradley Beal. You're a stronger man than I. I really wanted to put Drew on. I, I, went, I went with Beal, and, and then I have Kyrie on my third team. Would, would, would Russ be, like, first guard out? Yeah, I think uh, I think Russ and, like, Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley and Eric Bledsoe are kind of all mm-hmm. – like, I think – you can make a case uh, for really any of those guys I named. I mean, th- there's just so many advanced stats that, like, you pull it up and it's like, oh, these guys are at the top. And then you pull up a different yeah. one and it's like, these guys are at the top. Uh, and and just so much of that is context-dependent and, um, you know, how much – like, am I supposed to look at real plus minus and come to the conclusion that Kyle Lowry is, like, the third best guard in the yeah. league? Like, no. Uh, but – well, if you look at charges per 48, then Ursan's the best player in the league. So, I mean, you can cherry pick all that. Yeah, time. yeah. Look at any stat. Take, pick your favorite stat. And um, fi- finishing up on Kyrie, it is worth noting that he has not made an All-NBA team um, since 2014-15, three straight years without making an All-NBA team. And part of that's been due Injuries. to injury a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he played 60 last year, so that's probably too many. 72 the year before. Um, that was final but year that in was Cleveland. Like, that was kind of, I think, it, it, that was maybe the toughest year in yes. recent memory to make all NBA as a guard because that was, yep. you know, you had uh, obviously prime Russell Westbrook. Uh, James Harden was obviously still doing yep. his thing. Clay Thompson was in the mix all those years. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, th- it's, it's honestly not that surprising just because you know all the seasons when he didn't get to 70 games. So yep. he wasn't going to make it those years. So Yep. Well, Lowry ended up getting it over him in 2015-16 and then DeRozan and John Wall were the third team guards Isaiah was a second team guard in 16-17 and no you are right though because Kyrie's numbers the year he was on all NBA in 14-15 
Uh, his numbers two years later, the year we're talking about, are markedly better across the board. Like, you know, the numbers that in some years would make you a first team guard. Maybe if like if he had played enough games last year, he might have been in that Damian Lillard spot, um, you know, with, with Curry getting hurt and, and other injuries. So my third team, Rudy Gobert, LeBron James, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, Brad Beal. Yeah, I have the same forwards. You LeBron, went Blake too, LeBron okay. and Blake, and then uh, I had the Gobert and Embiid flipped. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I really don't like forward is it's weak, uh, but I just don't know what the argument is for anyone other than those two forwards. Like it's just so weak that there aren't any real challengers yeah. to those guys. I yeah, mean, unless I mean, you wanted to just say like, I mean, I guess at this very moment in time you could make a case for anthony davis yeah i just don't that's that's one where i will hold something that wasn't on the court kind of against your all nba candidacy when you completely uh grenade your entire organization (laughs) like like that it's just hard to reward anything you did that season no that's why i don't have dn Dn waiters on my list either uh what about jimmy butler like similar situation but to me he just hasn't been like i really didn't even consider him i don't even think there's you can just throw like i know a lot of people have said like well he did this to minnesota so now i'm not going to consider him like i think it you can leave him off just fine with just statistical cases yeah i agree yeah Yeah. and i mean the numbers have you know we're expected to take a hit with the move to philly um but that you know the numbers going down combined with all the minnesota stuff i think you can basically cross him out so I just wrote down a list of other guys I considered. Davis, Ben Simmons, Kat, Vucevic, Drew Holiday, Kemba Walker, Luka Doncic, Kyle Lowry, D'Angelo Russell, um, Aldridge and DeRozan, just because Spurs always seem to find their way onto one of these mm-hmm. teams. Um, and then Victor Oladipo you know, would have been probably borderline third team um, had he stayed healthy. So so do we agree on, on all the third team minus Kyrie and, and you had Gobert flopped with Embiid? Right, I think the only the only thing we like we have fourteen of the same guys on yep. our five on our three teams. We just I have Drew in and you have Russ in. Yep, yep. Much closer than I would have expected. Yeah, I do want to ask about Davis. Though. So I mean, not even considering our personal biases, like how do you think this is going to be handled? Because I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to get it. Is it because you think he's going to miss games or because people will actually hold it against him? He's still he's uh, fourth in VORP right now, which is... I think it's going to... I think... I don't think he's going to play much at all the rest of the season. Um, I just think it's it's to a point where all these things are just kind of irreconcilable. Like, I, it, you know, it's one thing to just say, well, just, you know, keep showing up and, like, keep doing everything, but it's just... Got to make a playoff push. Yeah, I, I. And it's tough, you know. The NBA league office, even even if they were to administer that fine, they were talking about. I think that would be money well spent by the Pelicans I to agree. just pay the fine. So I, and I also just don't think I don't know how the NBA like talks to uh, the New Orleans Pelicans and gets anywhere close to convincing them to do this because it's just completely. Mm-hmm uh opposite um like risk reward i mean it just it would be really really foolish for the pelicans to keep playing ad and like his heart's just like nobody's heart's in it really in in this whole thing like 
it would be tough, I think, for him to go out there and play like his normal self. Yes, and that's why well, that's already been the case right. the last couple of weeks. Like those first two games, he played weirdly limited minutes. Like the Pelicans were still yeah. at that point, and honestly, not much has changed. But at that point, it was really not clear. They were kind of almost like trying to ignore it. You know, like yo, he's just gonna play. It's no big deal. And Davis was awesome those first two games, and then he just has not looked anything like himself since then. I for sure thinking about this like over All Star break. I thought that by now we would there would be something from the Pelicans, something from Rich Paul, whoever, well, something from Davis himself that would say, I'm done, I'm sorry. I know that this is like a terrible look for the NBA, just the idea that a guy of his caliber would just not play yeah. under this situation. But I honestly think it's a good precedent to set like for the player agents out there that like if you request a trade this publicly and this kind of demonstratively like the team then has the right to just not play your player anymore. And that yeah. that's never going to sit well with the player. Like it, it's just, you know, no player wants to just be sent home for 35 games and like not make like if, Smith. Like if all these trade demands had just been kept private. Yeah. Anthony Davis probably makes first team all NBA plays the whole season. And the incentives that come with that. Like, yeah, like it's just, it, it would be, like you want the player agents to think that it's in their best interest to keep these things private, and right, right now, like that wasn't the case, obviously, when Rich Paul like did this. But like now, you can kind of point to this, and other players will like see this and see yeah. like, well, that's kind of the worst case scenario here. If I right. go public with this, what if they don't trade me, and what if my team now, knowing they're going to lose me, just wants to tank and keep me out? Like, you know, I, I right. think it's it's kind of just a natural result of of those actions i mean so was the point of this whole thing basically davis's team trying to control the message from start to finish and then when he wasn't traded all of a sudden you know like what like that message has to change where it went from you know trade me and i think even going into the deadline like it felt like most people were understanding for the i know he was, he was getting booed at some home games but you know you didn't really hear a lot of people calling anthony davis selfish for this you know it was a lot of sympathy that we've seen with other really good players who've kind of been stuck in these situations, LeBron, Kevin Garnett, et cetera. Um, but like, as soon as the deadline hit and he didn't get traded, it did feel like public opinion, like really shifted, not even necessarily anti Anthony Davis, but like anti Rich Paul, Anthony, <laughs> anti clutch sports, anti the Lakers, you know, like right. it just, it just seems like now I think he thought it would be over. Like there might be a rough period, you know, right after you're traded, you know, on whatever the deadline was, March 16th, 17th, whatever it was. Um, you know, right after you're traded, people might hate you for like a week. And then I think Davis thought, you know, I'll get going in LA, it'll blow over, it'll be no big deal. Now he's stuck in this place where, you know, now people have really turned on him, the league as a whole. Um, you know, every NBA talk show that we watch all day in the office is just talking about this over and over and over. And at this point, there's just nothing he can do about it. You know, like if he returns and plays, some people are going to say that's the wrong decision. If he sits out, people are going to call him selfish, whether that's right or wrong. Like it's just a no-win situation for him, for his agency, for the Lakers, for other players that want to do this, like it really couldn't have gone a whole lot worse for like every nobody really wins here, not even the league, especially not the league. No, nobody wins. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to rule Davis out of Ball NBA. I they are going to play him tomorrow night, which is first half of a back to back, which would imply that he probably doesn't play on Saturday in LA. Ironically enough, but the way this is going right now, like we could still have some sort of resolution, like I mentioned before, where you know, eventually this just gets to be too much and Davis, you know, just leaves the team and works out on his own until the off season. Like, I still feel like that's the most probable scenario, 
but we only have what, 25 games left. So if he does this for another couple weeks, you know, at that point, the season's almost over. Like, I don't, I guess I just expected that to come by now. Yeah, I don't know which side is going to initiate kind of this re- resolution or whatever, but, uh, you know, if he's just playing, if it just becomes kind of a mockery where he's playing like 15, 20 minutes a night, then what's, what's right. even the point? Like, I, yeah, well, I, that does, to me, that doesn't reduce the injury risk. You know, like, all right, we're going to play him hard for 20 minutes. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt in those 20 minutes. Like, I mean, you've heard LeBron has said it over and over. Like, to me, there's no difference between playing 37 and 42 minutes. You know, he feels like if I'm going to play, I'm going to play. And like the, the inherent risk isn't, you know, once I get out there for 30 plus minutes, now I feel like I can get hurt. It's like, you're the, you know, look at Zion last night. The guy got hurt 36 seconds into that game. Like it had nothing to do with over, you know, playing him too much or anything like that's the exact scenario that you want to avoid is something fluky like that. And I don't think a minutes restriction solves anything. You know, I think you have to either go all in or all out. Right. Yeah. I mean, injuries are just, they're just fluky. I mean, they can, well, especially for Davis too, of all people. Yeah. That, no history of being banged up. <laughs> you could get, you could get hurt like doing anything really <laughs> right. like in, in practice. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, Sort of silly. Mm-hmm. And it, I think as soon as, you know, if the NBA is just worried about, like, the bad publicity or whatever, kind of resolving it now would, you know, you'd get four or five days worth of people just talking about how bad of a look this is. Yep. But then, you know, the playoffs are, like, playoff races kind of take over the, yep. the story. And, yeah, I, I think it would be... Uh, I guess I just can't wait till we're done talking. Well, about luckily it. they have the Donaghy scandal to kind of take some of the light to take some of the light off of Davis. And what's interesting with the playoff race is like the Pelicans aren't totally out of this, so like it doesn't really behoove them to play Davis and try to win more games. Like they are only six games out, so like it to me it's not a big enough gap where you can justify to a fan base that you know is is one that you know almost always wants to make the playoffs, especially in this type of scenario, like. It's just a bad, bad well, situation. And this is the time of year where the tanking really heats up and, and teams really start getting uh, proactive about losing games. So <clears throat> if you just kind of don't do anything and just sort of sit there and try to win, then you're going to end up getting the 13th yep. best odds in the lottery or whatever. So you want to you wanna kind of keep pace with all these teams yep. as they sink to the bottom. Let's take a quick break so I can talk about DraftKings. Once again this season, we've partnered up with DraftKings to bring you a free six-month subscription to rotowire.com. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings, sign up for a new account, and make a deposit of at least $10. That'll get you six months of premium access to all the tools and sports on rotowire.com. That includes our DFS lineup optimizers, weekly and season-long rankings, premium articles, draft software, and a whole lot more. You get all that for just $10, and you can use that money to enter and win contests on DraftKings.com. We've been running this deal all season. We've been talking about it for months, and it's an awesome value. If you're going to play on DraftKings anyway, you might as well take advantage. And if you want access right away, again, all you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions on that screen. Again, it's rotowire.com slash DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. New DK users only. See DraftKings.com for full details. Last question on all NBA. How close were you to putting Doncic over Blake? Uh, I, I probably would have if it was close at all. Uh, I just don't see the case for. Like, I don't know how I would have defended doing that. Uh, from well, how do you defend putting Blake on there? Just it's basically the raw numbers, right? Well, I mean, there's like a six, 
or a like there's like a 70 point gap 50 point gap something like that and they're like true shooting percentage yeah. i mean blake's having the bet the most efficient year of his career right he's been really good i mean it's it's kind I, of a shame now like i feel like I, i've not watched any pistons games they're just never on i want to reward him bucks. for for like having this type of year in this situation i mean i can't think of like a situation where i would have had more sympathy with like a star player for just kind of not mailing it in but just sort of being like oh man this sucks like right. but he's bringing it so hard like i i don't want to play with reggie jackson or andre Drummond. right and like, he's been really cool about not throwing those guys under the bus yeah. you know like that's he's that's, been a pro I, right i, I want to reward him for he it. should is there like a walter payton man of the year <laughs> he should totally there win. should be an award for whoever puts up with the worst situation <laughs> yeah. the best like lebron would be like a six-time winner of that award before, before uh, pre like 2012 it, yeah like, first cleveland lebron the, he would have won it every year the the first Cleveland. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There'd be a lot of a lot of candidates this year. I think Kevin Love this year um has, you know, done a lot. Uh not not saying much about his eleven win or twelve win, excuse me, Cleveland Cavaliers. Mike Conley? Mike Conley, yeah. He, Mike Conley could be a lifetime. Yeah, I was like, gonna say when he retires. Named so, the award after him. Yeah. The Con the Mike Conley award. Um yeah, who else would be a candidate for that? I mean, him and Gasol. Drew I think, Holiday. Like, oh my god, yeah. Drew Holiday just going out yeah. there and and heaven and you know, career year amid just yeah. this complete. I think Jamal scenario. Crawford has a has a bid to maybe get this award named after him. Always been a steady contributor. Always seems to be on a terrible team. Like he, at least he had a nice run with the Clippers for a he while. But this year, <laughs> he's kind of the opposite though. <laughs> we could do an award for people who handle it the worst. <laughs> the Jimmy Butler Award. Okay. Um, do you have any remaining thoughts on All NBA? I think we covered everything. No, I think it's a lot more. The fact that you and I, mm-hmm. you and I only disagree about one spot yep. really is, is interesting. Oh, I, I did take down a couple notes. So um, <laughs> well, one of them is irrelevant. If we were going to talk more about Davis actually making it, I was going to say that he has made it as both a forward and a center in the past. So he kind of has dual eligibility there, which for some rare reason might help him sneak on a third team. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was a second teamer last season and pretty well-deserved, I think, at the time uh he's i, not high, even I highly doubt i thought i i don't remember I don't, what i thought I but i mean you, you and i have never been like super high into rosen but like the year that the raptors had like that didn't seem like an egregious choice and obviously guard was shallow as we talked about with some of the injuries His second team second so team. he made it over harden or wait steph. so so oh did steph miss it was lillard and harden on first team russ DeRozan second team steph and oladipo on third team steph played 51 games i I mean, I think Goladipo had a better year last year than DeRozan did, but I mean, DeRozan's a terrible defender. Like we, I get like like James Harden's a better defender than yes. DeRozan. Russell Westbrook and Steph are better defenders than DeRozan. Like, James Harden has has become like Larry Sanders in the post, <laughs> pre skateboarding Larry Sanders. Uh, my only other note: um, almost certainly LeBron James will miss first team for the first time in eleven years. That is. By far the longest streak of consecutive first teams. Well, how about this for a debate? Would let's just say LeBron played like his normal number of games, whatever like his average is, like seventy four games, something like that. Would he just miss outright, like on a strict merit standpoint this year, or would people put him on just because it's LeBron James? That is a very very good question. I. I think, I mean, I think he would still make it over PG. I don't think he'd deserve it, but I think he he would get it. I kind of think he would too. I think so too. But that would be that would be a a much more fascinating uh, debate. Like, because I mean, Giannis obviously would make it, but 
PG having this season versus LeBron, just kind of having the season he was having before the injury yeah. and playing like 74 games, I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, to see I mean, a lot of it would break. depend on because they were playing so well before the injury. Like if they if they finish within like five games of OKC, either way, mm-hmm. I think LeBron would get it. But if if the Lakers season ended up kind of on the same trajectory that it is with healthy LeBron, I think that would, you know, like he's getting criticized a ton right now for where the Lakers are, and he had nothing to do with it, right. um, at least on the court. And if he was on the court and they were still playing like this mm-hmm. and, and in ninth place or 10th place right now, I think it would be even worse. But yeah, I hate to say it. I think Paul George would end up kind of getting robbed. Yeah. Um, but seeing that Steph only played 51 last year and still made third team makes me feel pretty confident that LeBron is going to make third team this year. Oh, yeah. I, I think he absolutely makes third mm-hmm. team in part just because of the complete lack of quality options. Okay, so I did a little bit of tallying on recent All-NBA teams. LeBron, like I said, 11 straight. He has 12 first-team selections in his career. Uh, That's the most ever, if you're counting. Uh, Michael Jordan technically only made seven straight, but then he took a break for, for the two years, played like half of one of those years, and then made three in a row. So he does have... He does have 10 consecutive full seasons on All-NBA, sure. which he was pretty good as well. Um, can you name the the other players in, we'll say, since, I think since 2000, I did this. Very exact uh, counting that I did here, as you can tell, uh, who have made at least five in a row. And it's it's any team. It's first, second, or third? Uh, first team. First team. Five, five in a row, you said? Yeah. I don't want to get like, yeah, Jerry Stackhouse made three <laughs> third teams in a row. <laughs> Okay, so since 2000. Um, so Kobe? Kobe made eight straight. Tim Duncan? Eight straight. How many did you say? There's five. Five, okay. Um, okay, one of these is definitely not since 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I think he retired in like 92. Magic Johnson, free okay. space. <laughs> oh, nice. How about that? Um, uh, Kevin Garnett? No. I was actually surprised. I think I, I would have to look again, but I think he only had streaks of like two or three in a row because – Duncan was like there Dirk every and year, C-Web. and then it was like Dirk and C-Web yeah. were trading off, yeah. Um, Shaq? Yeah, seven in a row. Right. Um, Nash? I don't even, who is that? <laughs> no, not Steve Nash. Okay. What's his, what's his longest streak in a row? Five. Okay, um... So I have three of the five, or I have three. three I gave you magic. Right, you gave me magic. That was by default. Thank you. Poor accounting. Uh, Dwayne Wade? No. It is. Oh, I I thought it was. No, also a good guess. Kevin Durant. Oh, duh. Kevin Durant of the Golden State Warriors. Five straight from 2009-10 through Mm 2013-14. Wow. How fun was that? That that was great. I love doing trivia on the show. That was that was actually Riveting. Pretty, pretty poor showing by me. Pretty poor job by me of like making the parameters clear as well. <laughs> yeah. Bad showing all around. Um, okay, I want to talk real briefly about the Zion situation. Uh, we we watched the whole Stephen A. Smith show in the office earlier, so we got we That's got the full gist from da- Stephen. Daily uh, um, ritual. He yeah. was irate yeah. as usual. I, I can't really think of a topic that he hasn't been irate about. He was being a little. A little snippy with some of the callers, yep. um, which he tends to from time to time. First question, would this have happened if he was wearing Spreewell shoes? <laughs> uh, no, no chance. <laughs> Were you watching the game when this happened? I actually was. Yeah. I mean, that actually, that should have been the, the open of the show. Is I, I was watching this game live. Uh, Vegas had it at 10 to 1 that I would be watching this game live as it happened. And 
I got it at 15 to one. Okay. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, it opened at 20. Value. <laughs> um, I mean, I... I think this is just kind of like a funny story, especially now that we know it's a mild knee sprain, you know, for mm-hmm. Zion, it doesn't really look like anything that's going to affect him in the long term. 36 seconds into, you know, you could argue if it's the biggest game of the year, you know, Duke Virginia was pretty big a couple of weeks ago. There's, you know, no, Kentucky. this is the biggest game of the year. The way it was built up. Right. I mean, we, we have ESPN in here 24 seven and like how many commercials do we Garrett, see? Like starting yeah. early last week, they well, were especially they, you know, I, sure this was on purpose too but they had it on a night where there was no nba games yep. so like i mean the amount of people Barack watching Obama this was game there. like more people were watching this game than everyone that watched the yeah. duke virginia game like times two probably i was really excited i've been i wouldn't say checked out on college basketball but i feel like I've, I've slanted even more toward the nba this year than in years past um when you're when your team loses in the national championship game in 2015 it's just like that was the mountaintop and it's just been really hard to to get back up there um when it comes to college basketball but i was really excited for this game we'd been watching reruns of old duke unc games all week uh saw a lot of sean may tape a lot of rashad mccann's tape i was i was pretty fired up and as soon as this happened i just i just like kind of lost interest in the game like it just didn't seem and you could kind of tell like yeah i don't know how the the duke guys you know i don't I wouldn't say they were like shook about it it's not, it wasn't like a gordon hayward situation where it's this gruesome injury and you're like the last thing you want to do is go play more basketball after seeing that um, but you could tell it just, especially being at Cameron, it just wasn't, it was 70% or maybe 50% of the game that we kind of expected to get. Um, and that just speaks to Zion's appeal. I, guess. I mean, like Barrett played a hell of a game, Reddish played well, and it still just didn't really seem the same. Um, but like it, given the, like the stage of this game, was this it, the worst case well, scenario? I was going to, um, so if you watched the, uh, like, like you're aware of like fire festival and all that stuff like oh yeah like, I, like, I watched the netflix one right, not the hulu one. right so like to me it, to me that whole that whole thing was just like a classic uh like that's what those people deserve for yeah. like going there and like spending all that money and like thinking they were so cool to watch those crappy yeah. bands play like um well this is kind of how i felt with this <laughs> crappy game. Like, bands. like the like people just paying like two point or twenty five hundred dollars to watch a college basketball game like to me i'm just kind of like that's that's justice right there like if you i don't feel like that at all wow okay (laughs) so you're you're sitting there laughing like at these people yeah these schmucks yeah imagine going to this game yeah that's exactly what i'm doing (laughs) take that barack obama that's what you you deserve like i mean i mean i don't think that's funny if i went to that game like i was just saying to my buddies i was watching with last night like man what i would give to be at this game like this duke carolina game would be so cool i mean i do not have three thousand dollars to drop on a on a nosebleed ticket maybe it's just me being jealous of the people that maybe. can just be like oh yeah i'll i'll buy those tickets like yeah. and me it's it's yeah. probably jealousy more than anything right? yeah i mean darren Ravel obviously was all over this this morning nike stock apparently dropped one percent wow. overnight which he equated to somehow means they lost over a billion dollars oh, i think yeah. i think nike's <laughs> gonna be okay uh nike has had some issues in the past they've always come out pretty well um i think for a while there it looked like they were gonna fold during the kaepernick thing and turns out that just like made them even more valuable i, I think they'll be okay but given the stage worst case scenario like if this happens on a Tuesday night and Duke is playing a non-conference home game against DePaul, you know, in November, mm-hmm. nobody cares. You know, it's it's a story that Zion's hurt, but the shoe is almost more of like a, oh, that's kind of crazy. Like the fact that it happened this early in the game, in this specific game, and, you know, it's this specific player, um, not a great look for Nike, but I also don't, like now, 
I saw like they they changed the odds that were there were apparently odds on this before for which shoe company Zion would sign with, and now Adidas is in the lead. Whoa! Like as if he's just gonna betray Nike. <laughs> that doesn't seem. He has to wear Nike. He contractually by playing for Duke. That doesn't has seem to wear Nikes likely the rest of the year. that he would. I mean, just the way that college recruiting goes, like he's Nike has already given Zion's family a lot of money i would say uh we don't know that that would be an educated guess there's, uh, there's <laughs> some reason to believe that may be the case i think that it's uh i think there's definitely a pretty strong financial relationship already between those two parties so i i think i has any player ever left nike for another company when they were given the type of uh treatment and perks that nike's going to give zion from here on out fair question but i was going to say like recently i think this has started to happen a little more like marvin bagley puma oh sure sure but like they were nike was gonna just treat marvin bagley like just a random guy like they weren't gonna be building campaigns i mean he was getting we know now he was getting a ton of his family was getting money his but nike basically funded his aau team right exactly and I mean, 100%, own. but, like, he's not going to, like, Marvin Bagley was never going to be on, like, billboards or, like, national TV ads for Nike, whereas Zion is clear. Know, Zion's going to have a signature shoe, yeah. like, by his sophomore season, and he's going to be on, like, stuff in Times Square and stuff. I mean, yeah. it, like, there, it's... I agree, but I also, like, Marvin Bagley was a big deal this time last year. I There's no debate that Zion is a significantly bigger deal, but I don't, I don't think Bagley was just some guy to them. Like, he was... He was like the premier player in college basketball but for a lot of time, last year. But by the time, like the draft came around, yeah, he was just kind of a guy. Like especially what when it became clear he was going to go to yeah one of those teams, Sacramento. <laughs> Basically, when it became clear that the Kings really wanted him, <laughs> Nike kind of backed off. Puma swept it. Swept <laughs> in. Um, no, you're right. Though. I mean, Zion. Where like is there is, is there another player in recent memory who's been like even close to as popular as him not even not even like name recognition but like popular and nobody dislikes Zion, right um there's been people who are controversial there's been people who have been like captivating i would just put it as like marketable like right i think he's probably the most marketable player since lebron right and obviously lebron didn't go to college I, i'm right. in college like everyone knew how good kevin durant was but there was no hype like this he wasn't playing for the number one team in the country with the number one recruit in the country by his side either. I mean, that helps. I, I can't think of anyone else. I, I just mean, don't think there's been someone this marketable that went to college in the, like, in the this century, really. <laughs> no. I mean, it, it's hard to remember, for me at least, you know, this far back, but, like, Greg Oden was a big deal, but not this big of a deal. No. And part of it is the social media stuff, too. Like, people like us had seen, like, I had watched Greg Oden high school tapes, but had the average sports fan gone out of their way to go to youtube which at the time was still like mm-hmm. you know 360p videos um to watch greg odin no like people you know there was not this like an- this like years-long anticipation of man i can't wait till zion's in college i can't wait till zion's in the nba like you kind of found out about these guys midway through their freshman year because a lot of people hadn't been you know privy to the recruiting rankings or digging right. deep into the youtube highlights no i i just don't think that there's been a guy i mean there have been guys that <clears throat> as high schoolers maybe could have achieved this level of mm-hmm. fame if they had met expectations 100%. Right. But, like, most guys that were this big 
of a deal coming into college sort of let people down to some extent. Like, yeah, I uh, think well, it's almost impossible to live up. Like did Zion, you know, Zion, they, I mean, but he like surpassed expectations right. because of, you know a lot of the competition he played yeah. against in high school. It was just like how much of this is him being this good, and right. how much of it is him just being this much more yeah. physical. Well, and the way he does it too is so like you know it's just built to go viral i guess where like anthony davis you could argue was just as effective in like different ways but it's hard to explain to someone like why his per is so mm -hmm. high like davis had highlight plays but he didn't have the kind of highlights that zion has the only real comparison i can think of for zion in terms of popularity and i, I think he was maybe only 80 percent there would be john wall he had the john wall dance <laughs> i never that kentucky team was extremely popular they were on tv constantly his style of play was very appealing I don't. I think, I think, he was I think 80% is, is pretty favorable. I don't know, man. I mean, was a big deal. Number one recruit. At that point, most people had started to see mixtapes. That was like 2010. I don't think he was like a bigger deal than Durant or even, I think he was I, I nationally. Think... Do you remember anyone making Kevin Durant rap songs? I don't know, man. I don't know. You you experienced the John Wall yeah. college years differently than I did because this isn't the first time you've brought him up as this like <laughs> this transcendent thing to me he was just like another number one prospect really okay that's guy. interesting yeah, yeah I, I i guess i was a senior in high school and like at that point that was like my peak of like getting super into right. recruiting rankings and stuff so i mean maybe it's just a, a personal thing but i think in terms of like, hype, i don't I, like to me I, th I i kind of experienced john wall the same way i experienced Derek rose like the same way yeah rose i would have experienced close. like kyrie irving if he hadn't gotten hurt right like, right away and I mean, I don't know. I didn't really see. Okay. Fair enough. Um, let's talk ideal playoff matchups. We'll try to keep this under 10 minutes or so. Um, you know, you can, I basically told you, give me your ideal matchups for the first round within reason. You know, I don't want you to project Golden State to lose the rest of the games and finish with the eight seed. You know, using, you know, the current standings or, you know, how we project the teams to finish as a guide. Uh, what are the playoff matchups you want to see most in round one in the East? Uh, well, I want Boston to be the four seed and Philly to be the five seed. And I think that that would just be an awesome first round series. And I want, uh, I think it would be best for the winner of that series to be on the same side of the bracket as the Bucks. So like, so you want Milwaukee like, finishing with the one to yeah, play that yeah. team in round two? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that just having Boston, Philly, awesome, awesome first round series, and then the winner plays the Bucks in the second round. I think that would be great. And then really don't care who the three seed plays, really don't care who the two seed plays, don't care who the one seed plays, but <laughs> I think the Bucks should be the one, the okay. Raptors should be the two, and the Pacers should be the three. Just because okay. like that way the Pacers are kind of off in this sort of zone where we don't have to watch their first round series. Uh, they're going to get waxed by the Raptors and then like the Raptors and the Bucks play in the conference finals. Like, cause so I want think... I want the Raptors and Bucks to play in the conference finals and I want the Bucks to play the winner of Celtics okay. Sixers. Fair. And then that's pretty much all I care about. In these. Okay. So I, I thought through that scenario. I, I wrote in my notes, Philly Boston would be fun. But one, I mean, I just don't know how realistic it is. Like, is Indy really going to hold on to that three spot? I think they might, man. I don't know. They they have what one game lead coming out of the break. They are, yeah, they're one game up on both Philly and Boston, who are both thirty seven and twenty one. I mean, maybe they've they've held on to it without Oladipo for a couple of weeks, so it is possible. Um, the thing with Indiana getting the three, though, 
that means they would play Brooklyn in round one. So one of those, like, I don't want Indiana or Brooklyn in the second round. Like, I get why you want Philly, Boston, but like, I'd rather just take. But then you have, then you have uh, four bad first round matchups. Right. I'm willing to punt the first round to okay. get the four really good teams in the second round. Okay. But in that scenario, you also don't get Philly, Boston. You'd get one of those teams against one of Milwaukee and Toronto. So like, as part of it, you just want Philly and Boston to play. I think that'd be a really fun series. It was fun yeah. last year. Well. I don't want to punt the first round because I just want a series from the mm-hmm. East to be some somewhat interesting. Uh, whereas, like the second round, no matter what, at least one series is going mm. to be really interesting. Uh, so, but I, I guess I mean it would be uh, the most sporting, I guess, for uh, those four big teams to right. be playing each other in the second round. But. That's a really good word to use. <laughs> um, I have that I want Milwaukee to play Orlando. If you know if somebody has to be the eight, I Charlotte is probably my least favorite team to watch, and Detroit might be my second least favorite. Um, so I, so I would like Orlando to make a run. I might not like. I'm, I've told uh, our coworker Kevin O'Brien this. Like I'm very since you know married life, you kind of have to pick your, you have to pick your spots, pick your battles, and. I might not watch much of the Bucks in the first round at all, just so that I can build up a little leeway to mm, to watch roll. them a ton after the first round. Does Courtney not care about the Bucks? Uh, she doesn't really That's... care. I mean, she You're would married? much rather me watch a Bucks playoff game than a Brewers playoff game. Okay. Uh, well, I by that she... time, the Brewers might be, will be playing, right? So you might have to start choosing between Bucks and Brewers. Uh, I'm. I always kind of focus on the NBA okay. uh, playoffs until they're done. Okay, that's what I like to hear. Um, you might need to get a second TV. I think <laughs> we'll we'll see if we can get that comped by the company. <laughs> uh, okay, Western Conference. Right. I uh, way we'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Uh, so, well, okay, this is gonna get heated. Uh, I I think I want the Warriors and the Kings to play as the eight one. I want the Nuggets and the Jazz to play as the 7-2. The Lakers are getting the 6? I want the Thunder and Spurs to play as the 6-3, and I want the Blazers and the Rockets to play as the 4-5. And let me just quickly explain. Uh, I love when the Spurs uh, get to scheme against Westbrook, and this kind of goes back to when they used to scheme against Kobe. Like When they get to scheme against players that are – uh, easy to kind of bait into something like defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just find that really entertaining. And then I think Denver's offense versus Utah's defense would be an awesome um, first round matchup. Just, you know, go bear versus Jokic. Like, I think that that would just be really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, I think Sacramento is kind of a G- super, super JV version of the Warriors, like with the the young shooters and everything like yeah. that, and they're they're pretty close geog- geographically too. So I think that that uh, would be a fun sweep to watch bits <laughs> and pieces of. And then uh, Blazers Rockets. I mean, yeah. I think that that would just be a pretty fair match. Like I don't, I don't, I, unless you know everyone gets healthy for the Rockets and they just hit this gear they haven't hit yet. I think that if they are playing anywhere close to the way they've been playing, I think that would be a, a really competitive series. Mm-hmm. That was the the Rockets were the opponent when Dame yeah. had like that that game winner. What was that yeah. four years ago now? Five years ago? 
uh, at like least, the beginning of Logan time. I think it was five years ago. Yeah, I think I remember Chandler Parsons like sulking after that game. Um, okay, I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, I would like the Lakers to get in. I know you would. I think I know there's an argument that it would be so funny if, if they so, missed the playoffs and if LeBron didn't make the playoffs. I, the playoffs are better with LeBron. I don't care what you say. They are. But do you want there to be a bunch of fourth quarters <laughs> where he's just kind of completely checked out and there's just a lot of close-ups of him just kind of looking grumpy? And You asked me this a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and I, I agree that that's probably what is going to happen, but I would rather have that than nothing at all. See, I'm kind of a more spiteful fan where like when a team <laughs> doesn't do what I want them to do, I just I I like feel like they deserve their yeah, They certainly don't deserve to make it. I'll, <laughs> I'll agree with you there. They've done nothing to deserve this. Uh I have Golden State San Antonio as the 1-8. I don't think the Spurs can really challenge Golden State, but like you said, they're they're a team that like I would rather I would rather them try to scheme against Golden State than you know the sorry Lakers or the Clippers or even, you know, Sacramento would be probably more fun to watch, but I don't I don't think they would stand any chance whatsoever. At least with San Antonio, there's like this I just think pop that, mystique that maybe he could pull something see, off and take a game. Well see, I think there's this pop mystique that could apply to them actually maybe winning a series against a lesser team. So that's why I like them versus the Thunder more. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you could put any of the realistic eight seeds in the West against the Warriors, and I just think it would be a no. complete bloodbath no matter who's scheming yep. and who's playing. So. You could put most of the West in against the Warriors in round one, and it would still be a bloodbath. Is there? Well, that's a fun one. Is there? Which teams would you not pick a sweep? Uh, which Western Conference teams would you not pick a sweep against the Warriors? Man, I mean, has Houston shown that they can get hot for one game? I mean, they were they were up last year i i don't know i, I mean, think it's i think like the the only real cases to me is and i might have said the the lakers back before lebron's injury because yeah. they were playing pretty well then but like i think nuggets jazz and thunder maybe could yeah. maybe those teams could steal a game right i mean portland did beat them by 20 right before the break i mean who knows what's on your mind at that point i there's there's an argument to be made that any any of those teams like two through six could take a game, but I don't. There's not an argument that any of them would make it a real series, right. which is insane because those are pretty good teams. <laughs> uh, so I have Golden State, San Antonio one eight, Denver and the Lakers two seven. Lakers are gonna have to make some headway. They're four games back of seventh right now. Um, but I, I I said this on the radio with with Jeff and and Liz yesterday. Like if the Lakers get in and play Denver in round one, who's who's gonna who's gonna like pick Denver and feel really good about it. I don't care how bad the Lakers look. I, I would pick. What the I would pick like. Denver. I wouldn't feel good about it, but I would. Right, pick that's Denver what I'm saying. Like, it, it, that's not how it should be. The Lakers have given no reason to to think that they could win guess, a series against so, a great team like Denver. But I guess I kind of agree that it would be. Uh, uh, there we go. It would be if you could promise me the Lakers were not the eight seed. Right. Then I am okay with them getting in. Yeah. But I would rather them be out than be the eight seed personally. The eight seed would be really rough because there's no chance they could pull that upset, and there would be a lot of pouting, like you said. Just a there lot would be a ton. Of, that, would, that might start like mid second quarter. A lot of like body language, a lot of just like close ups of yep. just like LeBron, like kind of like slowly walking back to the huddle, nibbling on his nails on the bench. There's like, been a lot of that. Given all the players on the Warriors a bunch of dap after each game, yeah. like kind of. <laughs> I think he'd be he'd be like sitting between KCP and Rondo, and like kind of whispering to them throughout the game but like never really acknowledging the other guys not, going not getting close up to the on huddle, yeah like. yeah not getting up on timeouts you know that 
Brandon Ingram throws down a dunk when they're down 20. The, the bench gets up. He doesn't get up. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> Things that we've seen before. Um, so, yeah, Denver Lakers, 2-7. OKC Houston, 3-6. I think that would be fun. Um, I also think it'd be fun if one of those teams is the the four, the five, and ends up, like, would get Golden State in round two rather oh. than Portland, Utah, who I have OKC, as the four, Houston, five right now. OKC 3-6 would be really fun. Yeah, that'd be, uh, just, that's just a fun series. A lot of fun players. Um, OKC lost to Houston two years ago in the first round. That was the first year post Durant when I think Russ just, I remember him taking like 40 plus shots. I think he did that last year too. Um, but that was when Russ was like really feeling himself. Do you, would, how, what kind of chance would you give the Spurs against OKC? I I mean, I think what OKC wins that series eight out of 10 times, nine out of 10 times. I mean, the Spurs are not super inspiring, but like they do have two, I hate to even say it, but like two like borderline possible Hall of Famers on this roster who are like still kind of in their primes. Like it's not it's not like this is like a G League team. They would be. Uh, oh man, it would just be so funny watching their defensive right schemes with when Westbrook had the ball. It'd be really fun if they had Dejounte. Like, well, yeah, but they would just they would just be daring him to shoot so hard it would just be so funny and they would they would probably be doubling pg in a yeah. lot of situations off like without with him not even having the ball it would just be um such a test for westbrook to like see where he's at as a player like yep. can he <laughs> can, can he read what they're trying to do and like lead us and still and not take the bait and like because do you remember like that kobe series i'm talking about oh, yeah. where they just knew that if they just kept giving kobe these long twos he was just going to take them all series long and they they lost the series right unsustainable and it it would kind of suck because i want to see i want to see like pg be rewarded for the year he's had and i don't dislike russ at all i actually like russ but that scenario would be pretty hilarious to see it unfold over the course of six or seven i kind of want them to go out early in kind of embarrassing fashion just did that last year (laughs) well i just want paul george to i'm still um completely miffed as to why he chose to re-up there long term and so like i just he loves fishing want him to keep experiencing all the obvious pitfalls of that decision (laughs) (laughs) you really are really big on like comeuppance yeah oh yeah like you you get what you deserve in this league i I don't just hand out playoff seeds you gotta earn these yeah okay uh we'll wrap this up we got guys coming in the studio uh we'll be back next week uh full two chains album preview when we record next week we'll be mere hours who are you gonna do that with you okay okay. i'm gonna have to deadbolt this door is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done